Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Time is the most important thing that you can give to another individual. You can give them a car and it'll rust eventually. You know, you can give them a house and eventually it's, it's going to, something's going to happen. But if you give somebody your time, that is the most important gift that you can give to people. And that's the gift that I give. That's the gift that Michael gives. That's the gift that you give. That's the most important thing that we can give. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's show. One of the reasons we started Impact Outdoors podcast was to help give people a, a, a chance to meet some people on here and, and and become interested in outdoors if they're not already and, and get back in touch with nature through fishing and hunting with your family and friends and and um, probably about six seven years ago I met a gentleman named Michael Shear and through him I met Shane Wilson who is the founder of Fishing's Future and today we're honored to have them on the show and uh, their program does some amazing things getting people back into fishing but they utilize it through ways of, of pulling the family back together. And it's just amazing the stuff that they're doing. Um, this program has grown internationally. They have volunteers running different chapters across the United States and, and, and other countries and stuff. And, and are doing family fish camps and teaching people how to fish. And um, it's awesome what they're doing. Really excited to have them on the show and kind of tell us about how the program got started and where it's going and, and how they're dealing with the current environment of, of having to teach online and stuff. So um, with that being said, let's get right to it. And uh, here we are with uh, Shane Wilson and Michael Shear. All right. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week on Impact Outdoors podcast, man. We are uh, really excited. We've got two of my great friends, Mr. Shane Wilson and Michael Shear, with us today from Fishing's Future. 
Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Derek. How are you, man? Thanks for having us on, the, on your show. This is quite an honor. Well, thanks for being on. So um, excited to have you guys on. Been wanting to do this with you guys for a while. And uh, finally just called Michael and be like, hey, you want to do one this evening? And it worked out. So, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, it, was, it was exactly just like he put it, too. It yeah. was like, hey, can you do it? And uh, an hour later, we get this uh, little email going, let's join. Well, you know, with our schedules, all three of us are all over the place, 24-7, it seems like. So, um that's the way it is. So and that isn't that the truth? Well, you can, well, we're more on the computer now than anything, but yeah. We'll have to so, say, Derek, but, you uh, call well, the right guy. If you want something done, call Michael Shear, and it, it gets done. <laughs> that's for sure. Michael is definitely a go getter. So, but um, but yeah, I wanted to have you guys on and uh, talk about fishing's future and uh, what all that means i mean shane you you're the founder of this program and and um tell us kind of initially how this came about and how it got started and then you know let michael kind of jump in when he got involved well i'll be, be glad to very seldom do i really get the opportunity to sit down and share all the significance and the importance fishing future is to me and over the years to millions of people that we've we've worked with and um introduced fishing to but I'm an educator, Derek. I have, have spent many, many years in the school system, everything from a first grade school teacher all the way up to upper level um, administration at the district level. And mm -hmm. I was the, the director of the Alternative Center and also the district's hearing officer for our school district down where I live in. And I did that for 12 years. And over that 12 year span, I'm trying to figure out why in the world are these good kids getting kicked out of school and coming to my campus? And the, the thing that I, I came up with is they're bad decision makers. Now, they're all leaders, but, you know, these, these kids that were getting kicked out of school were leading other kids down the wrong path. So I thought, okay, these are good kids and they're leaders. Why are they making bad decisions? Well, you, you take one good kid and you put him with another good kid who has decision-making problems and their decision-making plummets. I mean, it goes straight through the, straight through the floor. Yeah. But the common thread that I found with both of them is that they did not have active parental engagement in their lives. You know, and I was at a position within the school district that I could make a significant difference if I would spend some time with these boys and girls. And it's like, okay, um, good kids, what can I do? How can I get the parents back together? I need to keep the family together forever. And that's, that's what I started focusing on was those two words, families forever, families forever, family, you know, and that's all, how can I keep the families together for, because these kids were coming from broken homes. They were living with single parents. Uh, a lot of times they were living with grandparents or aunts and uncles uh, for a multitude of reasons. So in, in, in thinking of that, I thought, well, I'm going to try to figure out a way to bring these parents and the kids back together. And I started reflecting on my life and we spent, my dad was a principal and mother was a nurse. And every year after school, we would take two weeks and we would go to Northern Michigan to go camping and fishing. And some of my, I'm serious when I say this, life saving decisions have come in a boat with my father while we have been fishing for walleye and smallmouth bass. And I thought, okay, that's that, that's what we're going to do. So I took the two words from 
families forever. And I took the two F's and I took the, the, the F's and I massaged them and turned them around so that they are embracing and it formed a fish. And so that is our logo. The, the, the fish, our logo is made up of two F's which stand for families forever. And I thought, okay, I like that logo. It's an easy logo. It's just a fish. And I thought, now what are we going to do? And I thought, I'm going to teach the families how to fish together. Because education, me growing up, my parents were always saying, education's your future, Shane. Education's your future. And I thought, okay, if I do nothing but teach people how to fish and how to fish together, then we truly are fishing's future. Because that's all we do. We do education. And I, it fit the logo. Um, and that's so every decision that I have made when I, when I say I, at the, that this time, Michael was not involved with us at that time. But every decision that I made and that we have made since then has been on one solid component, and that's bringing the family back together so that we can keep the family together forever. So when you see that Fishing's Future logo and you see that fish, I want you to understand that those two Fs that are forming that fish are there for a reason. It's not to make new anglers. It's to bring parents and kids closer together in a bond. And we use fishing and angling education so that if we teach them properly, if we do our job effectively, those families will be able to go out and fish tomorrow, next week, next month, next year by themselves and be successful at it, which, which causes them to get out into nature. A lot of them take up kayaking, canoeing, once they appreciate nature, then they become the stewards of the environment. And eventually, they become the conservation side of it where we need to keep our ecosystems clean because those invasive species now are starting to affect my honey hole. <laughs> and that's <laughs> an important thing right there. So um, that's, that's how it got started, Derek. Um, we started in 2007 as a not-for-profit. Um, back then, and we had one chapter down here on South Padre Island. And over the years, we have grown and we have been blessed because we live off donations and private um, individuals uh, that have donated to us. Uh, we have received a couple of matching grants over the years, but we live strictly off donations and funding. And yeah. as, as we would grow and grow, eventually we had, at one time we had 62 or 64, 66 chapters from Reddington, California to Great Britain. And the, the thing that really blesses me, and, and people have said, Shane, this is truly your ministry, and it really is, as an educator, for me to bring families closer together through, through teaching them how to fish is really my ministry. Um, on July the 28th, 2018, at Fort Benjamin Harrison State Park in Indianapolis, Indiana. The 17th person who registered for that event that day was a little boy by the name of Silas Fix. And Silas mm -hmm. Fix was our one millionth participant that we were able to teach fishing um, and how to fish and Whoa. some of the basics. And, and I never set that as a goal, Derek. I never set that yeah. as a goal. I, I would never have reached that goal had we not had volunteers like Michael Shearer, who is now our executive director, and all of the other volunteers across the country 
come together and believe in the family values and the family traditions that once were, and that I believe is still one of our biggest problems within society. Um, and that's what we do. We do family education. We teach them how to fish together so that they can fish independently. That's, that's awesome. And, you know, and we've talked about this on the show with a few other people about how important it is to get the parents engaged with the kids and the kids just aren't going to stick with something unless you've got the parents behind them, supporting them and, and wanting to be involved with them. And, and what you guys stand for and what you do is, I mean, my hat's off to you guys and everybody involved with Fishing's Future because y'all are making such a tremendous impact and not just the kids, but the adults as well. And your volunteers. I mean, it has a tremendous impact with everybody involved with, with the program. And and uh, to get to one million, and this was two years ago, one millionth individual that y'all have educated through there is just when Michael told me that a couple years ago, I was, I was floored by that. So that was pretty awesome. Derek, when I saw that, when I had that little boy and, you know, he was, he was an 11 year old little boy standing on his mom was there. And, you know, we knew that he was the millionth person. He didn't know it. We had um, at the time Cabela's was, yeah. was sponsoring us and doing some stuff. Uh, and these are numbers that we have turned into individual states. So they are legitimate numbers. I, I, I put my hands on the side of that little boy's face and I looked him in the eye and I said, Silas, I've been waiting 11 years for you. And he looked at me and I said, you are our one millionth participant. And at that moment, at that moment, I was shocked. I mean, I, I have chills right now talking about it because it's something that I never set out to do because I set out to save our family unit. And yet we have accomplished so very, very much in that amount of time. And uh, it just, I couldn't have done it without the help, like like Michael Shear and I, I want to bring Michael in here in, in just a moment to let him speak a little bit. But uh, Michael Shear was introduced, we met uh, one time. He's also a certified Texas Parks and Wildlife Angling Edge Instructor, Area Chief. We met at a meeting, mm -hmm. I, I, but before we met, we were introduced through another individual who works for Texas Parks and Wildlife. And um, this individual knew my passion and he knew Michael's passion. So he facilitated a phone call. And I really felt bad when that phone call took place because as he introduced Michael and I, and as Michael and I started speaking, it was like I was looking in the mirror because I found another <laughs> man who had an equal passion um, to do what I was doing. And eventually the individual that facilitated the phone call he made this comment, and this has always stuck with me, and this has been several years ago. He said, well, um, I have been left out of this conversation. I'm going to go ahead and just step out and let you guys go ahead and talk. <laughs> it was like, and it really, still to this day, I've apologized for that already a couple of times. Still to that day, it bothers me because he just, when Michael and I started talking, it was, Wow. Here's somebody that understands that understands what I'm trying to do, and uh, I asked Michael if he would be interested to join Fishing's Future, and he he liked what we were doing, but he didn't commit uh, at that moment. And we later met at an area chief meeting, a Texas Parks and Wildlife area chief meeting, 
And once we actually saw each other and saw how ugly we both were, you know, we sat next to each other at that table. We have been inseparable. And he has been a tremendous blessing to Shane Wilson as a friend, as a confidant, as a guiding spirit, and uh, as a tremendous asset and leader for Fishing's Future. So, Michael, if you uh, would like to, to speak in here and jump in, um, please do so. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I, everything that I was going to talk about, you already shared, but you're right. It was, it was that day and the individual that did introduce us there was another thing that was behind there going is when I, what he said to me was when I introduce you to this gentleman, I hope I don't lose you to what you're going to continue to do for the state of Texas. But instead of, you know, jumping in there and not leaving the state of Texas, we are taking this word out into the United States and on into the UK but there's there's one saying that Shane Wilson, what sold me on one of the sayings that Shane Wilson said was, people want to learn to fish. They just don't know how. So when somebody gives you that as a comment, you got to go, well, yeah, they do. Because I can teach them. I know how to do that. So Shane and I, we do talk a lot. We probably talk more to ourselves every morning um, than our wives sometimes. And that's kind of pretty bad because, you know, we do need, it's a family organization, but you know, Shane's like a really close brother out there. Cause you know, I call him up and he calls me up and we have to bounce each other. You know, we have to bounce all these ideas off of us and being his executive director, uh, across the U S and managing a, a volunteer organization is, is crazy. I mean, it, it is, you know, you don't, you wake up every day and you're going, Oh my gosh, here we go. The volunteers, but you love the volunteers because the volunteers makes fishing's future. What it is today. They're taking their time. They're taking their passion. We give them the tools and then let them run with it. Um, even today, we had a, a various events in Kansas that were going on. Uh, we have another huge um, Mr. Biggs up there in Kansas, big crappie fisherman, is got a massive amount of people coming up. So he's got to worry about COVID. He's got to worry about all these other things to make sure all these families are safe uh, when they're yeah. coming in to do some fishing, which was, you know, there when all of this COVID stuff kind of changed the way we all do angler education, right? Or any type of education, yeah. even, you know, you're guiding, you know, you're the way you guide on, on being careful, you know, to stop the spread or help to stop the spread. But during yeah. go do what now? Well, I was going to ask you before we kind of go into that. So just for everybody listening, you know, before, Pre-COVID, pre-coronavirus pandemic, um, what were y'all's events like? And then we'll kind of get into what they've morphed into now, which is truly amazing. Michael, well, take future event. Shane, you want to take that one? No, you go ahead. I want you because I've talked for a while here. I want you to talk. <laughs> well, well, Shane, you always talk a lot. That's you know, we always talk a lot. All of us talk a lot. 
but our events are called family, you know, they're family fishing camps. They're, uh, they're a four to six hour program to bring families together into a park or into an area to teach them all the things about fishing from hooks to tying knots, to ethics, to rules and regulations. But there's one thing that really sets us apart from a lot of these other groups out there is that when, when, and, and, and when Shane told me this, it kind of, it, it really floored me on what he added to these vents because of his passion was he, he the, the kids are told to let's stop for a second and let's turn to your parent or turn to your grandparent or, or, you know, whoever brought you today that you're doing the education with and to tell them that I love you. Thank you. you know, and give them a hug just to, you know, reinforce those family bonds on why they're out there and why this mission was, was put together. You know, the mission of Fishing's Future is to reconnect the youth to family and to strengthen family relationships, to reconnect the families to nature, but to teach environmental stewardship and increase awareness for the protection conservation and restoration of our nation's aquatic natural resources, and also to increase participation in recreational angling. So our family fish camps are designed the same across the United States, no matter where that chapter is, our master anglers are certified with that particular state that they're in, like Shane and I were certified angler instructors for through the Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, and taking that, those master anglers that we call them, take those classes, but then wrap it around to our way of teaching the, the knots. The, the, uh, we also do a park cleanup to make sure that we leave that park better than we found it and to also introduce this to families that you just don't go into a park and destroy it. You pick up stuff that's not there. Well, safely, right? You got to pick up trash safely. You don't want to go pick up a big old pile of glass and try to pick up that safety. But again, we want to teach them to pick that up safely or find ways to get it cleaned up. Yeah. Leave so, it better than what you found it, you know. Exactly, because that those whole all that leave no trace, you know, the principles of leave no trace. We want to be sure that we're teaching them the environmental stewardship. So again, it's family fish camps. Families come together with a with a class of rotational type skills, and if we're blessed with water in that location, and some locations don't have water. Uh, they have to do things like a backyard bass or kind of mimicking that or bring a fish tank in. Then we get the families out onto the water to, re to set those skills, put them in place. I have always said the best paycheck is on a Sunday afternoon. Maybe that family came to a Saturday event, but you get a text message on a Sunday saying, we caught this today. It's not, 
I didn't yeah. catch this. It's we caught this today as a family. And they're you're sending pictures. And then we started something called the, 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 the Fishing News Network, uh, which is on our website, www.fishingsfuture.com. And the reason .org. why I have to, yeah, or yeah, .org, say I'd never get it right, is Fishing's Future, because the S, I will tell you the very first conversation that Shane Wilson and I had, he kept saying, Z, fishing the future. I kept saying fishing future. He says, Z, fishing the future. You need to get it right. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's www.fishingthefuture.org. But that's basically everything about our uh, family fish camp. Shane, did you want to add anything on well, some you know, of the things that you see? I'm, I'm glad you really highlighted the family. I'm Derek, I'm going to share a little bit of a, a real quick story here because these are family oriented. And, you know, there's a lot of events out there for kids. And a lot of in the past, a lot of organizations say, you know, I'm going to teach a kid how to fish. So they bring a kid and they put a rod in his hand and stick him over a, a you know, a, a small portable tank or something. And he catches a fish and they give the kid a rod and they send him home. And the kid goes home. He says, Mommy, Daddy, you know, I learned to fish. I want to go fishing. And if mommy and daddy don't know how to fish, chances of that little boy or girl going fishing are pretty slim. And I was looking at all of these programs and they're all over the place. And I thought, you know, we're going to focus on the family because if I take mommy and daddy with, with their, their son or daughter and we teach the whole family, the, all the skills, I mean, parents must participate. We teach them how the, the skills. And then that little boy or girl says, mommy, daddy, I want to go fishing. And if the parents know those skills as well, then the, the chances of that, that child fishing, again, have increased exponentially. To solidify yep. that point, back a long time ago, I was doing a big family fish camp. And family fish camps, generally, we, we, we take about 20 to 25 families. And they're averaging 3.4 persons per family. So, you know, we're, we're around the 75, 82 person mark. And... We run them through these five different stations uh, throughout the, the first two and a half hours of the event. But I kept noticing there was this one little wild child. He was a wild child. Um, obviously, uh, and, he, and he was. He was a Get wild a lot child. Of those. He, was, he was standing up on the tables, you know, and I kept looking around. I couldn't find his parents. And it's like, huh. So at about station number three, I saw his dad. I said, I said, where's your, your, your mom and dad? And he says, oh, my dad's up there in the car. Well, I saw his dad sitting in a car in the shade. And it was hot. This is, you know, in the middle of the summer. Um, sitting in the shade in the car with the air conditioning running. He was reading a newspaper. So I just very, very kindly walked up and I tapped on the guy's window. And he rolled down his window. And I said, sir, you, a, you need to get down here and be with your son. He says, oh, no, he's having a good time. I'm watching him. And I said, I know he is but you need to come down here and watch him and be with him. And he said, no, no, he's, he's having a good time. He's okay. And I looked at him very sternly. And at the time I was, you know, in administration for the school district and I dealt with some parents that weren't always um, easy to deal with. And I, I told him in that administrative voice, I said, sir, you need to get out of your car right now and come down here and be with your son or get out of that car right now. Come down here and get your son and leave. I am not babysitting your child. 
and yep. he was he, he was appalled. Well, two and a half years later, he, he got out and came down, spent the rest of the day with his son. Two and a half years later, we were at a social function and he walked up to me and he goes, are you that guy that does those fishing programs? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, you probably don't remember me. But he goes, and you told me one time to get out of my car and come down and be with your son. I said, let me, let me interrupt you if I may, sir. I said, you're in a red small car. You were sitting in the shade reading your newspaper. And I told you to come down here and be with your son or to get him and leave. And he said, yeah, I'm that guy. And he, I said, well, um, that's how it is. He says, but wait a minute. He goes, I want to thank you. He said, let me tell you the background story on that. My wife and I had been divorced and I got my son every other weekend. And I didn't know what to do with him. And I saw the brochure that we're going to have this. And he thought, good, I'll take him down and let him go fish and see if he likes it. And he said, because you made me get out of my car, I came down there and we learned to fish together. And he goes, my son and I fish about every other weekend when we get together, together. And he goes, I apologize for my behavior and I thank you for doing what you did. Now, Derek, I have story after story after testimony from things just exactly like that. Our parents are so used to sitting on the sideline and screaming, run, run, kick that ball, get it. You know, But they do not know how to engage them and interact in a meaningful manner. And that's what Fishing's yeah. Future does. In fact, in our curriculum, like Michael said, it literally states, go over, tell your parents you love them and give them a hug. I know of no other curriculum other than in a church maybe where you're told to tell somebody you love them and ours tells it. So it's very, very important in, in my belief that we need to bring the families together to save them. So that is, you know, I'm, I'm so glad Michael brought that up because that's what makes Fishing's Future different from all these other organizations. You know, these other organizations yeah. are trying to make fishermen. I'm trying to save the family unit and give them give them an opportunity to learn something new so that they can do this with their son, their daughter, their aunt, their uncle, their grandparent. And as they grow up, they can do it with their children, their aunt, their nieces and nephews, and their grandchildren. You know, this is a multi-generational gift that we're giving them. So it's very, very well, nice that, that Impact Outdoors has asked me to share that and has invited Michael and I because we hope we are impacting the outdoors through what we do. Yeah, because we also share that same thing when we're in schools. If we're, you know, with a, a school group and we're doing classroom rotation uh, within one of the, the local ISDs in a state, it's always nice that even when the teacher's in there is to, you know, to look at the students and just say, hey, you know, just turn to your teacher students before we get started and can just, just tell her, thank you for what they're doing with you in the classroom. And it, it does, it stuns everybody. It just, people stop and go, what? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it, 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 it's so exciting to do that because, you know, you don't hear that anymore. You don't see that. You don't, you don't, you don't put that in perspective with angling or with fishing education or even education. But if you just stop, and it's kind of like sharing a smile, but just say, hey, you know, we're doing some angle education, but let's stop today and let's just say thank you to your teachers for what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, 
it's crazy because now you know now we're going to kind of move into the present time so back in march i mean everybody was well aware the world was flipped on its head and everything's just went crazy since then and you know i this impacted me tremendously as well as you yeah, guys exactly groups that we work with and how is this going to impact that and what are we going to do you know how are we going to adapt and overcome the current situation in the world and and michael you have kind of spearheaded a movement across the country now <laughs> quite literally <laughs> with doing these online i guess family fish camps and and all the stuff that you're doing through through zoom and, and everything else that you're utilizing now and kind of tell us about that and how that's going well, you know, when this happens, Shane and I are those individuals that we talk a lot. You know, we we can't, neither one of us, just kind of like you, Derek, you know, we can't sit still. We're, we're still little children. You know, we still want to, we've got to yep. get outside. We got to get something in our hands. We got to go fish. We have to teach. Uh, we're educators. So we have to, uh, we have to find a way to do things. So here it is, you know, it's the uh, end of March. Um Fishing's Future was given uh, a grant, the Texas Co-op grant for special needs. And Shane had to fulfill that obligation. And we're on the phone with each other trying to figure all this out with everything just, you know, falling to pieces across the United States or actually the planet. And both of us couldn't really find ourselves sitting at home doing anything and we had this this morning chat that we always have in the morning and we came up with a okay we've got to find something to do there's got to be a way to continue to do this it's got to be interactive and it's okay it's going to have to be online and it's going to have to give people some sort of an experience and I didn't know this by then, but my wife was behind me and she said she taps me on the shoulder, what scared the living bejeebers out of me because I didn't hear her coming to my office. And she just said, why don't you call it an interactive online experience? And boof, and there it goes. You know, how things come together. So we started figuring out how, you know, A, what do you use? What platform? I'm an old IT guy and we used to use video conferencing back in the day with all that big equipment. And now they have all this new technology. So we started looking in to all the various types of video conferencing and how we can get it out there. We know our family fish camps when we have them and we put it out there as an event over social media and our website. Um, they fill up pretty quickly, but we didn't really figure on how we could get people since they're sitting in front of their, their computers now with school, would they want to do this? And for, for some reason, it just started clicking. So we did, we settled with zoom. We tried other platforms, but we needed something that would relate to our style of education, right? You need to, something's got to be really easy, you know, because a bunch of fishermen 
on a screen, you know, it better be easy because, <laughs> you know, we're, we're used to tying on things and, and throwing objects into the water, but now we have a mouse to move. We got screens to look at. We have to look good. Dad gum, I probably brushed my hair more times and brushed my teeth before I got in a Zoom meeting um, before I went in to participate with everybody. So we did. We came up with an interactive online experience. We got the approval to do these online experiences to satisfy the Texas Co-op. And I think Shane did. We, we put out a special need. And Shane will talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. But we were able to put on various types of interactive online experience, um, video conferencing family fish camps online with an instructor, with either Shane or me. But then we decided to take this a little bit farther. We decided to, what if we were able to take this and turn it into a certification class? We're all area chiefs, which means that we can certify um, participants 18 years or older to also do more training, to come and do more volunteering. So we, I put together an agenda like what we would do in a family fish camp and how we would also teach this to certified angler educators for the state of Texas. So I wrote a proposal, you know, it was, it's, it's free. I wrote a proposal on this is how we could do this over four days, 1.5 hours a day, and we got it approved. So we then started building a team from our Fishing's Future chapters and, and Katie. Um, but to make this kind of short, now we have just completed event number four. We have physically certified 58 teachers, a Navy or a, an Air Force man in San Antonio, a Rockwall teacher who is a part of TAFERD, which is the Texas Association for Health, Physical Education, Recreation, and Dance. The Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation came to us on how we can educate their... So, here it goes. It starts to explode. And we haven't even yet started on what we were doing with our family fish camps. And we were doing those once a week with knot tying. The second week, we invite them back and we would do fish identification and tackle. And then at the end, we would give them certificates as a family on email says, this is your certificate. Then we had a drawing on this one family that, that won a lot of Zebco equipment. And this family, we met them at the Kikarilla Measure Preserve out at Cypress, Texas. And we were able to hand them this gear that they took on one of our classes. So now they're we never lost bridging these families together, whether it was in person or over Zoom. We never lost that. 
we never lost that feeling that we were not in front of them, but we still as educated or educators got them to, to still bond together as a family and go fishing. Um, there's one little story real quick that I would like to share about this little boy about Mason. Little Mason has never fished before in his life. And his, I, his dad just called me today and said, Michael, what, what more can we do with fishing's future? My son has never fished. He took your A Bear Goes Fishing program. We also put together some programs for the, the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts online. Right. And Little Mason never fished before. And I can remember they were they're from Elmble, Texas. And um, he, he went through that program with his mom. And then he, he did some more programs with us with our family fish camps and they got these certificates. And then all of a sudden this past Sunday, um, I noticed him, he came to the, the sporting event that we held in person in Navasota. And his dad says, yeah, he wanted to come to this event today because now he wants to catch his first fish. Mm -hmm. So I knew where there was a couple of nice fish, what we call Lake George. And I, I sat Mason down with his dad and we got some worms and got a, a bobber going and, and um, I baited his hook and he, he casted it out there. And I said, just stay right there. Just stay right there. I got to go run over here to get some more bait for you. By the time that I got to the bait, I hear this fish on. Fish, oh my God, fish on. And, and, and all of a sudden, I, 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 I found myself running. I'm 60 years old, Derek. I don't run very fast, but I got back to him just in time to see this bluegill that was almost 13 inches. Oh the biggest God. bluegill I have ever seen. It was just a couple of ounces shy of a new Texas state record of two pounds. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Wow. It was that close. It was that close. But you talking about a paycheck, that paycheck right there was one that you you can't ask for that. You know, going back to that first saying that Shane Wilson told me, you know, when people don't know how to fish, I mean, you know, they just, they don't know how. But people inside want to fish and they want to learn and that was just one of those experiences. You just, it's amazing. It, it's, it's so rewarding for a volunteer. It's so lifting to see that they've gone through these classes as a family. They sat down there together, just, just like the, the, the story that Shane shared with you. And it's just, and then plus, I think Shane wants to talk a little bit about the, the special needs classes and where that has gone. And another young man that also has a story and a mother 
um, that has the same story. It's kind of interesting that this story has to, the, the mom is named Stephanie Wilson, but it's not Shane Wilson's Stephanie's Wilson, which is that his <laughs> wife. <laughs> so Shane, do you want to share a little bit about your, your special needs classes and what we're doing uh, with the disabilities? Absolutely. And thank you for Can that introduction. The, um, Derek, after, still there. no, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. After, yeah we, hey. after, after we, after, after we did our 1 million individual, I was, I was really almost lost. I mean, it was not a, an, an initial goal that I had set out to do, but it's like, wow, you know, what we have accomplished has been unparalleled in the angling education environment and how can we continue to to make an impact in in outdoors and in fishing so i thought and i had been doing events for the special needs down here and we posted two events on our facebook page um and we had 180 slots fill up in under three hours and they were all special needs individuals and it's like wow and a light went off and said, okay, here's an underserved population. If there's a family out there that has disabilities, we need to go out and we need to provide the same kind of education uh, and give them the same kind of opportunity because I don't care what gender, what race, what ethnicity, what limitation or anything else that you have, you ought to have an opportunity to learn to fish and experience the joys found in mother nature um, and out on the water. So. That was a, an eye-opening thing. So I wrote a, a grant um, for, from Texas Parks and Wildlife to do 20 events for families with disabilities and for our military families. There's a lot of programs out there for the vet, the individual person, but there's very few programs that are focused on the family. If I'm over in Iraq and I come back and I've got PSTD, when I come back to a wife and three children or a husband and three kids, everybody in that family is affected with my, with my disability, with my problems. And so yep. since we are a family organization, we wrote a special program specifically for military families in support of our military families. So our focus over the next five years are on disabled families and military families and that's that's where our five-year focus is. That's where we are looking to go. So we have a grant to do this. And we wrote the grant prior to COVID-19. We were going to do 20 events, 10 with the military families and 10 with their families with disabilities. Um, you know, the grant was very, was very well received and approved. All of a sudden, COVID-19 hit. So those 20 events, which were five stations per event, have turned into basically 112 Zoom short Zoom classes. So now um, I am offering, we have taken our curriculum in each one of those stations and have broken it up into small bite size um, servings for our special needs and our disabilities families. And they're, you know, a good example. The other day I had one individual, she was 26 years old and she's, a, uh, she's suffering with cerebral palsy. 26 years old, and I'm looking at this young little girl, this adult, um, on, on our Zoom thing, and I'm teaching her fish habitat and fish ID, and she's getting it. She's understanding it. Talk about a blessing to me. 
you know, because I'm Absolutely. helping this young lady understand where to go to find fish in freshwater and or saltwater. Um, and the reason that fish are there, and we're talking different species, uh, and it's just so we offer these classes uh, twice a week, usually two classes per day. I need to get with Michael and we'll reschedule some more of them. But we've already ran probably close to 30 classes for our special needs. And, you know, they're uh -huh. real small. We'll run them two or three families per class because they, and they're 30 to 40 minute classes, real short, but they're broken down into bite-sized understandable pieces to fit the needs of those individuals. And it's, you know, I read something the other day, it said, if you want true happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want true happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want true mm -hmm. happiness for a week, you know, win the lottery. And if you want true happiness for life, help somebody else. And Derek, I, there's a lot of truth in that for Shane Wilson. I need to be out there helping people. Um, I'm only here on this earth for a while and I need to help as many people as I can. And Michael feels the same way. So do you, I, you know, yep. <laughs> you give your time freely, probably more so than 99% of the population. You and your wife do wonderful things for your community. And I'm, I just, I'm so, I salute you for that. So appreciate that. Michael was talking about our Zoom classes. The thing that is really interesting is our Zoom certification is starting to catch catch waves and you know take some some get some interest. We do these Zoom certifications for the Texas Parks and Wildlife to certify new instructors. Um, we've submitted a proposal to do the same thing for Kansas. Uh, we've been on the phone with South Dakota. They are interested in seeing if we can't somehow form a partnership. You know, it would be an outside contract business. Um, we, we have a conversation with another state, an Eastern Coast, East Coast state, who is asking us and looking at us to maybe come in and, you know, can we help that state? Sure, we can. We're an organization of volunteers who have the passion and we wanna help their fishing department or their aquatic ed department get more volunteers certified so these individuals can go out and raise the awareness to, to and teach people how to fish and more people will buy fishing license. And it's proven to be quite successful and it's working. So uh, that's, that's where not only do we do our family fish camps and individual skill lessons online through interactive experiences, we also do online interactive um, certifications and now states are starting to come to us and say, hey, you guys are the organization um, to do this. Where do we go? What does it take? Um, how can we partner uh, with Fishing's Future to get a certification program in our state? I mean, everybody has hunter ed. Why not angler ed? And that's where yeah. we're going. Yeah. And I just think it's so, it's really cool how y'all have, I mean, <laughs> made something out of this situation and uh, continuing with your mission, albeit in a different format. And I think everybody hopes that we're going to go back to where we can be around each other. I mean, we, you know, we weren't made to be on computers all the time. I mean, humans need interaction and, 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 you know, we love seeing people get out in the outdoors and do things together and, 
and we definitely want to get back there. But man, y'all really made a, a tremendous strides in, in allowing people across the country to get out and continue learning as a family to do this. So, I mean, it's awesome. Well, it's also the states, you know, even I've been trying to keep record of especially this, you know, what areas of Texas we've touched so far and, and what states, but it's not just the United States either. It's, it's Puerto Rico uh, doing an event with little, you know, a family in Puerto Rico online. And, and you kind of get glimpse of their home when, when you, when you do this, when you watch them, you know, we have them, we've now also produced some videos because a lot of times there's things that we need them to do before a class, right? So, you know, we've learned how to take various objects in their house, even if they can't go to the store to buy a fishing pole to take the class, or they may not have a hook in the house to, to learn how to tie a knot. So we're producing some videos on how to make a wire hanger hook. Um, you know, some things that are laying around your house, um, how to build a basic fishing pole, just the way it looks, you know, with some, some recycled material from your home. You, you may not have fishing line, but, you know, there's something in your house called a shoelace that is amazing for tying knots because that's what it was designed for. So we get to spend time with people in Texas and Kansas, Minnesota, South Carolina, New Jersey, Puerto Rico, and even places in Mexico, which the, the barrier of, you would think that there would be a language barrier, but there really isn't. Because when you're talking, people, and you're doing something like an interactive online experience, you can watch them and you can mimic that in front of them to show them that this is what you need to do. Angling education is a generic conversation. I don't need to, I know when I go on your boat, Derek, or we're fishing together, I know exactly by watching you on, on what to do and what not to do. I know how to fall out of your boat. Okay. <laughs> You're the only boat we'll that <laughs> That was, that was my mistake. That was your mistake. But that was just, like I said, it's, you learn to educate by watching others. And, you know, Shane has that passion. And, I, you know, the passion that we have from all of our volunteers. Um, but will we ever go back? We hope we go back the same way. But it's been very interesting to, to not stop, to just say we're done but to take that passion a next step, find a way to do it, you know, try to put together, we were putting things in my garage together. We were calling chapters. We were having meetings and, you know, we were going, how does, how is this all supposed to look? But yeah. you know, it just clicked. It just clicked. If you, if you look at one of our, our shows now or one of our interactive online experiences you would you would look at Shane or you look at one of our volunteers, uh, Brenda Shaver or Janice Longino up there in, in Rockwell ISD, and you would think that they've been doing this forever. They're mm -hmm. just that good. I mean, we work on now we talk about lighting, uh, you know, 
<laughs> Who would ever thought that an Anglo educator would talk about lighting? Well, hey, is my face looking good today? Yeah. You know, and uh, can you see my fish? Can you see my hook? Can you see this? But those are things that we had to overcome. Uh, just like the beginning fisherman or the beginning fishing family has to find a way to want to learn and to overcome a disability to learn to fish and get out there and do this as a family. So it all plays together in some kind of strange way, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, just everything y'all have done over the past few years that I've known you guys, um, you know, Michael, I've known you for, I guess, about six years now, seven years. It seems like forever. Just seems forever. Yeah. I mean, we're really good friends. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, y'all have done so many things across the country, helping, you know, with recruitment into the fishing world, just in different avenues and, and these family fishing camps and the uh, Vamos Espiscar um, stuff that y'all were doing um, through Bush and, and everything, which is another cool story in itself. And, no, and that's, a, that's a really good story, along yeah. with Recreation Boating and Fishing Foundation and some of these other ones. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, but I mean, with the time that we're in right now, you know, with so many people out of work and not having anything to do, this is a great opportunity for them to, to get involved and in, in, as the family unit and do this. But it's also impacted you guys like it has many other organizations, especially financially. And, um, you know, one of the things I want to ask the listeners, you know, is to, to really think about that. And, and uh, I mean... You guys are definitely somebody that is is providing something very beneficial for these families across the U.S. and beyond, and and um, I hope people will take the time and if they can, you know, help help out if they can financially and support you guys. So um, I don't know what you guys. I mean, if you guys have any um, donation drives on your website, I assume and stuff like that that we can donate to. Right now we do. We actually have a, a $5 for Fishing's Future. It's a campaign that we have on our Facebook page. Uh, you mm -hmm. can get to our Facebook page, uh, you, the one that's down in South Padre, Padre Island. Just look for Fishing's Future. We do have, a, we do have one going right now. Um, any other donations, you can go directly to our website, www.fishingsfuture.org. And just uh, select the donate button. If you wanted to talk with Shane directly, there is a phone number down there. If you were wanting to go or give a little bit higher levels, we do have various levels that you can give. But again, $5 to us goes a long way. Um, yeah. You're right. There's a lot of trying times right now. And yes, we are looking um, you know, for various donors. We do have some really fantastic sponsors out there like Zebco. Um, but I would like to share one special donation that uh, right. came in. And it takes me a second because every time I do it, I got to break up a little bit. Um, I received a text message from a mother mm -hmm. uh, last night about her son. Her son's name is Reed. And um, Reed is, I want to say he's about 14. Okay. About 13 to 14 years old. He comes from a very 
giving family. This young man, back in 2017, uh, Fishing's Future, we had something going on called the CPR campaign, where it's the catch, photo, and release. Every week, uh, families and, and kids across the United States would send in the pictures of their catch, and we would select one and, and send them gear. Um, Reed was one of these young men. But he had a close friend. His name was Grant. Uh, Grant was injured during a the Woodlands High School uh, playoff game in his senior year. He suffered a very traumatic brain injury. Oh, man. And this young man, Reed, has taken his number 21, number 21, and started a campaign for himself. He, he, he wrote a little book and he takes, and he, he did all this. And, and every year on, on this, on, on yesterday, which was August the 2nd, on August the 3rd, he does 21 good deeds for this young man, for his number 21. But the first one he wanted to give was a donation to Fishing's Future mm-hmm. because his family has done so much with Fishing's Future and learned how to fish with Fishing's Future all the way back to his brothers. Both of his older brothers serve in the, the military. His um, other older brother, kind of in the middle, named Rafe, started aquatic, um, an aquatic-type aquatic education for younger kids using Fishing's Future as the brand and teaching this. And when you hear something like that, on, on a young man thinks so deeply that he wants to give the very first donation of the 21 acts of kind service for you know this, this, this young man named Grant and then we find out later that Grant's mother had died of cancer back in January. You just lose it. You just, you're going, oh my gosh. But this young man still thinking about fishing's future and all the good things that we have done. And as of midnight, last night, we received a nice little donation from a young man because he believes in what we do. And there's a million people out there that believe in what we do uh, uh, from a, from a story that started with Shane Wilson, uh, who is by the way, being inducted into the freshwater fisheries hall of fame here in Texas soon. We don't know. We don't, (laughs) we don't know when that's going to be, but again, it's yes. Donations are a blessing. Donations keeps our family fishing, um, educational process free for families there we don't we don't charge for this so yes if there's anybody out there listening you know anything get in contact with us we would love to tell you our story because everybody needs to learn how to fish you know know, derek you made a comment thank you michael because i'm going to touch up and follow up on that one of the reasons derek you said because fishing is i call it the gateway drug to the outdoors It, it transcends all kinds of aspects in, in our human society. 
in everything we do from learning patience to you know, following through and having tenacity to continue to do what you need to do. The reason that this little boy chose Fishing's Future to do the very first good deed and to give us a donation was because it was one thing that he and his friend, which started all of this, could do and did together. You know, it just brought these two young individuals, one obviously was in high school, Reed, I think it's only 13 or 14, but it brought them together so that they could spend time, quality time together. And it was the fishing component and then the learning how to fish through Fishing's Future that Reed said, hey, I understand the importance. Here's a little boy who's, who's you know, in his early teen years and he understands the significance and the importance of what fishing does for our community. And thank goodness Fishing's Future had a part to play in that wonderful blessing. And I, Michael, thank you for sharing Amen. that story. A lot Amen. of that, a lot of that background, I did not know. So very moving. Yeah, that is, that is really cool. And, and, you know, every donation makes a difference, no matter how big or how small and, and who it's from. I mean, the stories behind all this, I mean, that's why we keep doing this. Amen. I mean, these, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, so much of this is volunteer driven and, and, uh, it's the passion that you guys have that, that keep these things going. So. Yeah. It's amazing how many calls you get just, uh, people want to do things. They says, you know, what, what can we do? What, what more can we be doing? What can you do? What, or how you could, it, it's, it's, it's every phone call. And it's, it's so amazing, uh, that people want to continue to do stuff, even with the COVID, you know, what is it that we can do? Um, we don't have all the answers, but you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll find them. <laughs> we'll find those answers because we're not going to sit around and do nothing. We're going to find that next thing to do. It was just like fishing. If you don't continue to search, you're never going to find that next big catch. So yep. it's always, always search, you know, we're always searching. Man. Well, um, I did want to touch just, you know, kind of here towards the end, kind of, on some fishing stuff, man. I know Shane, you're you are an avid fisherman, and I know you've got a couple what IGFA fly fishing records and and uh, and I've, stuff. I've you live on a Padre Island, so I mean you're you're right in the smack dab in the middle of fishing country. So, well, the the, the fishing right now is good, and it's only going to get better. Um, the 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 fall the summer is always hot for redfish and specks. Um, when, but when you when the, the water heats up, you get all these big runs. You know the the reds are getting ready to start running out of the bay, and they go either yep. go to the Panfields jetties or they go to San Diego Pass, and they run out through the jetties to go out into the blue water. You have the Spanish and the Kings that are going to start running the surf and come in real close. Um, so the the fishing over the next three or four months is just going to blow up the tarpon. I saw somebody. Had a couple of tarpon on and jumping them the other day. So, I mean, it's getting ready to start. And fortunately for me, I have been able to fish in all 49 states. I've never made it to Hawaii yet, but I fished in 49 states. And this is by far the best year-round fishing I've ever found. I mean, that's why I live down here. I, I am a fisherman. Yeah. I did. I have set two Guinness World Records. Um, and then I did have, for 18 years, 
Oh, wait a minute, maybe it's longer than that. Yeah, for 20 some, some years. Just last year, my IGFA fly rod world record was beat. I set it in 96 and it was beat last year. So you can do the math on that one. But I, <laughs> I held that fly rod record for a long, long time. Um, I was trying to break I'm it. Not, I was trying to break uh, it. Now I've got to go back and, and, and you know, you don't, you don't catch a world record, an IGFA world record anymore by happen chance. You have to know all the rules and regulations. Yeah. And I do belong to the IGFA uh, for those various reasons. But I, I fish, Derek, just like you. You know, I don't make a living fishing. Um, I'm a retired school teacher now. And my, my sole life and sole purpose is to keep fishing's future growing and going. Uh, there's a lot of people that depend on my actions and those volunteers so freely give their time. Time is the most important thing that you can give to another individual. You can give them a car and it'll rust eventually. You know, you can give them a house and eventually it's, it's going to, something's going to happen to it. But if you give somebody your time, that is the most important gift that you can give to people. And that's the gift that I give. That's the gift that Michael gives. That's the gift that you give. That's the most important thing that we can give. And every dollar that we receive through donations, every like that we get on our Facebook page, which is paramount because our sponsors look at our Facebook page and they want to see, you know, they follow our likes. I mean, they literally follow our likes. So mm -hmm. those things make a significant impact. And I like, I, I, I love your, your, your program, Impact Outdoors. Those things make a significant impact on us because it allows us to continue to offer these programs and these events for free uh, and it yeah. keep, keeps it going. So um, I, I applaud you for bringing up the funding component. Yes, COVID-19 has really hurt fishing's future. It has dramatically, um, dramatically impacted us to, to, to a, 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 as it has many, many other organizations. So, um, folks, uh, please give five, ten, five hundred, fifteen thousand, whatever that you want to give. <laughs> I mean, everybody gives to some organization. It would be nice if they would consider um, Fishing Future as one of their charities to 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 support and continue to support. Yep. Well, we really appreciate what you do. And, and Michael, I mean, you know, talking about world records, I know lately you've been on a. Uh, uh, I'm talking trophy fishing adventure, but on a smaller scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Micro fishing. So you got into the micro fishing here lately. And when you told me this, I was like, you're catching minnows? Well, and you're like, yes. <laughs> as I showed you how to catch a shrimp on your boat, I, I literally snagged a shrimp um out of the bucket on a hook and then that was kind of like my my macro fishing for derek and then just kind of <laughs> threw my line in and then had to catch a fish yeah but, but yeah micro fishing is is growing uh by leaps and bounds in the united states um it's the art of catching six inch fish and smaller on a line and rod um, and, wow. and the nice thing about this is the size hooks that are used are down in the size 26, size 30. Um, 
and you you keep life records on what you catch. And there are so many different, actually what they say is about 85% of the species of fish that are not caught. You know, there's there's certain amount yeah. of species of fish that you go after. Uh, there's a certain amount of fish that every fisherman goes after, but they're always, you know, an edible type fish or fish that's a game fish or mm-hmm. it's a it's caught by accident or it's a, what they claim to be an inappropriate or trash fish. But these are minnows, darters, shad, suckers. You know, they're all they're, they're the bait that other fish eat. And we go after these because. You know, I have a saying that there that saying that saying is to if you're going to learn to fish, you need to learn the fish. And <laughs> right. you know, you have to learn bait movement. All anglers will tell you about bait movement. I thought when I first picked up, and I've only been in the micro fishing game for just a little over a, a year now. And, you know, you're always learning. You're, there's so many different species, but it's, 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 it's a great adventure for an educator because you've got to keep yourself thinking like fish and thinking of where these fish are found. And there's great programs out there that I can key in my zip code and it tells me exactly what watershed I'm in. So I'm talking and I'm learning about watersheds. I'm learning about all the fish that has been documented in that one area, in that zip code. So then you start planning that adventure, the same type of ventures that we want to do with families with journaling, you know, and teaching them how to fish. We're doing the same stuff as an educator. Um, the best event that I was on that I did with it was with a Korean group uh, in one of our state parks. And I set up three individual stations one of them was teaching how to catch a black stripe top water minnow. Okay, mm-hmm. black stripe top water minnow. How many of you guys went after black stripe top water minnows when you went on in your trips? Probably very rarely. So Only in my archaeology class. So, <laughs> so we we caught a top water, you know, black stripe top water minnow, and then the next station was a little bit bigger hook, and then how to take that bait. And then catch a bluegill or a crappie. Now, if we caught a crappie, then we had to learn that we can't use a crappie for bait. But if we caught a bluegill, then we could, that's not a game fish. So we taught them how to go to the next station on catch a bigger fish. So all the people that I have, you know, when, when I was introduced to it, I thought this was, oh my gosh, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I still don't stop thinking about it. I literally do. I plan trips now to literally go and catch a new fish for my life list. And it also has introduced me to other great people like yourself that that really love to fish. But I found out this new thing called the 1000 Club, which is fishermen that document 1,000 different species of fish. I never knew about that. That's cool. You know, and you can, you talk. Yeah. I mean, that's a, and that's a lot of documentation. The one gentleman that I met with the micro fishing group, 
was he's already documented 1,350 plus fish. Literally, he has it documented. He has a site that you go, you know, and, and he records this. But there's probably less than 500 people that have done that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I could say I've documented a thousand kite. But again, it adds something else to talk about when we're doing family fish camps. You know, hey, kiddos, you know, you're just now starting. You're young. Every catch, journal. You know, we always talk about how to journal. Uh, Fishing's Future, we do have a, our own book that we send out prior to our family fish camp. So families, even online, can follow through. They can keep notes. They can document those catches. And, um, yeah, microfishing is, you know, I, I don't want to spend the, the next hour talking about microfishing, but I would. Uh, if you let me, because it is, it's so intense. You're, you're sitting there trying to catch a fish that is literally a half an inch long in the mouth. Um, I, when I caught my very first gizzard shad on a fly rod with micro fishing technology and literally have a picture of a gizzard shad and a little size 30 that with a little peacock hurl tied to it. But I can show you it was in the mouth and I caught it. Um, <laughs> not too many people can say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it, it is. It's just an amazing thing about this, this wonderful, you know, I actually, I've been talking about fishing is truly the sport of family healing and social healing. It, 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 I, you know, if, if you don't believe that, you need to open your eyes up a little bit because it is. You see it everywhere. You know, people on a boat fishing, on the banks fishing. It's, it's a sport of healing. You're out there for a reason, to get away, yeah. to enjoy it, to, to enjoy this greater yeah, and we we've had such a stretch of windy weather. It has been windy <laughs> down here since April. I mean, pretty much all year. But um, finally, Saturday, I had a, a trip, and we went out after the storms went through, and and uh, we were out real late. We were past sunset, but we were offshore, and we were coming back in, and uh, you know, the sun was setting. We were driving right into it. And I mean, the Gulf was just a sheet of glass almost. Oh, wow. And oh, wow. I was sitting there while I'm driving, just looking at this, just thinking, it's like, man, you know, the last 10, 15 trips, the weather's been so bad. But this 10 minutes of driving this direction, I'm just going to enjoy it. And, uh, man, it was so peaceful. And just, you know, just that's what God intended. So Yeah. Well, that's why uh, we, we need to go down there to Shane's country and get that tarpon we've been looking for. So, I am definitely uh, game for that. So, they're here. They're yeah. here, guys. We're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen some videos uh, Derek, around I, Connor. Derek, I haven't told you this, and I'm sure Michael would never say it, um, but here just recently, Michael Shear was chosen as the individual across the nation to receive the Steve, Stephen Campbell um, Outstanding Educator Award. It's an award presented by Area Aquatics Resource Education Association. 
they choose one individual every two years. Um, and Michael was just recently um, chosen for that across the nation. So Fishing Futures Leadership wow. is in great hands to have the educator from the nation being recognized yeah. <laughs> uh, as the number one outstanding educator of the year. Um, you know, and Michael has gotten me into the micro fishing. There are so many different species of fish. You know, we, we pursue probably 12 or 15 different species. And there's, I don't know, 297 or close to 300 different species of fish in the state of Texas, if not more. Um, but we don't pursue them. So Michael has gotten me charged up about it. And it's just another way for me to continue to expand my knowledge. Um, yeah. You know, I, I haven't, I, I'm not there yet, but I'm very interested in it. And Michael is the reason for it. So. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. And yeah, that, that award was, was very nice. I remember when I, I got the email, I, I'm glad I, I was, well, I wasn't glad I was driving because a, all of a sudden you start, you know, you, you know, your heart's beating when you start tearing up on things. And when you get a nomination like that, you, you got to, it hits home, you know. It, not, it, not a it, nomination, Michael. You were chosen. You know, I, I, I know I was chosen, but I still feel that I need to be nominated. You, you know me in awards. I'm not. I'm not a big. I know. I'm not a big thrill figure. But it was. That was. A, that was incredible. That was just. Uh, I did. I had to pull over on the side of the road just to kind of, to take it on in, and uh, that was that was an amazing that the no, things that, that we're doing fun. are being seen. That was cool to see, man, and congrats again on that. And uh, thank and, uh, you, thank you. Um, yeah, and and like I said, y'all are doing such good work. Um, I'm so glad to know both of you guys and and uh, be able to help what little I can. And and um, yes, I am definitely game to getting down there, Shane. Me and Michael will come down. <laughs> meet you, get let's those do it. Crowd on the flats, and let's go after them. So yeah. Um, but, um, man, have you guys got anything here kind of closing out to, to add or? No, I, where, I do want to say, Derek, you're, you're, you're part of the Fishing Future family. I really, I hold you in very high esteem for what you, you and your beautiful wife continue to do for our youth and the families in your community. And I want to say thanks again for the delightful honor to spend this, this, this time with you and on your impact outdoors, because, you know, you, what you're doing, you are truly impacting uh, the nation. And it's nice to, to be invited in to share our story because we, too, are impacting and changing behaviors across the nation. Um, I just, I'm humbled, I'm delighted, and I hold your friendship in very, very high esteem. Well, I appreciate it, Shane. And, um, and uh where can I know you've mentioned the website fishingsfuture.org? Um, and you guys are on Facebook, uh, are y'all on Instagram or Twitter? Or any of that people can find y'all, or we're on both, we're on both, uh, okay. under, under Twitter, uh, fishing's future, and also, um, Instagram under fishing's future. So I know we were on Google Plus there for a while until they changed the name of Google Plus to something else, I don't know what it is. But we also have a YouTube channel, and you can find us under Fishing's Future. Uh, we are gradually getting there, trying to get more. A lot of the videos that we put on our YouTube channel are videos that we send prior to a class if we need to 
get a little bit more in depth um, than we can to show uh, on an interactive online experience. So uh, the YouTube channel is out there as well. But again, www.fishingsfuture.org is a great place to start. Tells cool, a lot man. about our chapters and there's bios up there as well that talks about um, all of our, we do have new two new chapters. We have one in uh, my, was it Miami County in Kansas by the name of Mike Smith's and a young man here in the Huntsville area um, just started a brand new chapter, uh, John Masterson. He's very excited to, to get some family fishing camp started up there in the Huntsville State Park area. So kind of up there in the, the woodlands, he's going to take over a lot of our college station area, Huntsville. Um, and, and he's just raring and ready to go. So, uh, well, you know, up. you know, you're doing good if you're still growing during this time. So that's awesome. And, uh, and hopefully, um, I mean, the only time the three of us usually get together is at ICAST when we're all over in Florida. <laughs> yeah. It didn't happen this summer, which sucks, but, um, but yeah, let's get together and, uh, and um, I'll make sure and put all the links to all y'all stuff on the show notes for everybody to check out. And, uh, and man, thank you guys for being on. I really appreciate it. So, well, well thank you again, Derek. And and I think Shane's has shared some really, you know, his input. But ditto to me too. I I I love your family. I think you're you're doing great work and all the things that you were doing. And again, thanks so so much for uh, having us a part on your program we really do appreciate it all right man well uh well i think that's gonna wrap it up then so we appreciate you being on and we will talk to you guys soon see you on the water brother see you on the water all right sounds good Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Impact Outdoors Podcast. We really appreciate everybody listening and tuning in and uh, following along with us and some of these amazing stories we're bringing to you guys and uh, look forward to continue doing that. And um, if you'd like to to reach out and uh, if you've got any suggestions for the show, please email them on to us at Derek at ImpactOutdoorsPodcast.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram and um, be sure to share it with a friend and and, uh, and if you wouldn't mind if you're on iTunes or anything man just jump on there and, and give us a rating and leave a review we'd love to love to hear from you and see who uh, who we can get on the show next we've got some great guests lined up here in the next few weeks and and really looking forward to bringing you those and uh, I know everybody's still struggling through this coronavirus time right now and it's definitely making a, a big impact on everybody we've we've personally had some some dealings with it here locally here in texas as the case numbers continue to rise and stuff but um you know we're going to get through it and um, hopefully we'll come out better on the other side of this so um, praying for everybody hope everybody is doing good and tune in for the next episode all right thanks a lot
Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.